You're wearing my brain colors. Is it yellow? It's well, one of them's chartreuse, so it's green, pink, and chartreuse. Oh, yeah. I knew that it was green and pink just from like the outfits. Yeah, on Instagram. But I tried yeah, to do one, one fun is, color. This is like um a construction yellow, if you will. <laughs> That's not um, what I was going for in my brand. <laughs> no, dude, I wore this hoodie. So this is a construction hoodie from one of my dad's I don't know if he's a friend or what he is in relationship to my dad but anyways this is a double XL hoodie like has been worn and stretched out and I wore it to stop and shop which is our grocery store here the other day Mm -hmm. and I had like a trucker hat on I looked I look homely like I looked disgusting and and this woman's up to me and she goes I don't know if that's your sweatshirt or your boyfriend's sweatshirt but you look so good in that you look so sexy I love when girls wear boys clothes and I was like Picking up my bell pepper, like turning around, like <laughs> what? I thought me? that was gonna go the other way. I thought she was gonna be like, "You look ratty, like don't wear that." No, literally the opposite. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening in oh this stop and shop right now?" Yeah, well, must be a full like she was flirting with you. Yeah, Dude. must be a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to pick you up, Sarah. Dude, she really was. It was kind of <laughs> horrifying. I'm not going to lie. And I was like shaken up the whole rest of the time. The stop and shop. Like I'm already anxious enough as it is walking into a grocery store, like trying to get my list in order, trying to like get my music to play through my AirPods, have my like recycled bags with me and make sure that I'm like going to the correct aisles. And then that happens. And then I'm just in a tizzy the whole rest of the time. Last thing you want when you're out in public is for anyone to talk to you, at least for me. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> like, I'm like, stay away from me. Don't start a conversation. Don't pat me on the shoulder. I don't want to talk. I just want to do what I got to do and get the F out of there. Literally same. Like, it, <laughs> I could not be in more agreement with that because it just throws off the rest of the day. Like, it really oh, does. Unless you're my true love coming to reach out to me and let me know that I'm the most beautiful <laughs> girl in the city. Although that woman, was, she, maybe she thought that's what that was. Maybe that's what that woman thought that was. So I think so. But anyways, um, how have you been, dude? Like, it's literally been years since I've seen you. That breaks my heart. That is Isn't that kind of nutty? It is really nutty. Honestly, it hasn't felt like that long, though. I feel like we're still kids, if I'm being honest. I don't feel like we're full-grown adults yet. I know. It is really weird. And, like, trying to think back when I was writing all these questions and trying to draft what was going to be asked and talked about in the show... I was just like thinking about how we were little kids so recently. And then I was like, wait, when was the first time I actually met Aaron? And I was thinking about it and I was like, oh my God, I remember exactly when I met Aaron. So it's not exactly when we met, but like the first memory that I have of you is back in first grade. We were not in the same first grade class. I was in Mrs. Lane's class. I don't know whose class you were in, but you were having a birthday party. And you, it was a uh, really cool Western-themed birthday party. That's very Sarah. That's very young horse girl Sarah. Very young horse girl Sarah. So obviously got my attention. And you come to the classroom with like your tea bag stained wanted letter that was your invitation. And I remember feeling so cool because you just showed up to the room and like, we probably met like at recess or something. I don't know. And you come to my classroom, which was like so cool because like we weren't in the same class. I was like, oh my God, I'm just so popular. Um, And you come and you're like, this is for Sarah. And I was like, oh my God, that's the first time I have. I don't remember like I don't remember that at all I feel like my brain has been erased from like my childhood from like eighth grade (laughs) down I don't remember anything I blacked out the whole time no honestly anyways like my mom she's so insane she always threw the biggest parties for us like no matter what the occasion the party was going to be freaking insane yeah and that's what I I appreciated that and (laughs) <laughs> to Polly's credit, I really vividly remember the birthday party. I remember we all got cowboy hats, we got bandanas, and we made our own little picture frames, and we got pictures of us printed, of us riding the horses, and I had mine for far too long. I think I got rid of it when I graduated high school and went to college and my dad was moving, but that was a long time to have that piece of, that relic. 
Yeah, that's insane. That makes me realize just how like spoiled of a little kid I was. Like that is pretty privileged to like have horses at your what 11th birthday party like that's no insane. dude you were it, this was first grade like first you were, grade like, birthday six. party I had horses and I I think one of them had a unicorn horn if I'm if I'm being real I think one of them probably might. I believe that oh my gosh I mean yeah that's that's insane I I should go back through all those photos and, and really give my mom a hug and, and thank her for, for doing all of that for me yeah, I mean, I give her a hug on social media every time I see her posts. I'm like, yes, Slay Queen, you're doing she great. She loves you. She brings you up all the time. She adores you. She oh. really does. I would come back to Ohio just to hang out with the haymakers, honestly. like, Please, come back to Ohio. You have not been here in so long. Dude, I know. I know. I'll I'll be back soon. I think I might come back in the summer, actually. That's how I've been keeping up with you. Like, we haven't been, like, talking or texting, really. But, like, I know everything about your life because of <laughs> all your podcasts. I'm, like, a fan. I love that. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, real recognizes real. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> That's my intro of you. Like, Aaron and the most extravagant. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Like, I remember, like, you were always just the cool girl in my mind. And That's insane to me. No, it's so true because I was like, Aaron really does not give a shit what other people think. And to me, I was like, that is so cool. And so then when we became friends, I was like, hell yeah, like we're just, we just don't care. And I remember when we were like in elementary school, you had, is either elementary school or middle school, you were like designing your own skirts and whatnot. So it like literally doesn't surprise me that you've like started your own business, but like, (laughs) You were designing all these skirts, making these drawings, like you would wear these skirts to school. And then in college, you came up with this idea for Uber, but for sororities and fraternities, like always super entrepreneurial. And so again, just not shocking at all to see that you are now the CEO and founder of a business, like not shocking to me at all. But- oh my gosh, that's crazy because it is it is shocking to me, honestly. Like really? I am shocked. Well, first off, I'm shocked that you thought I was a cool kid because I was the dorkiest, freaking quirkiest girl in middle school um, and elementary school ever. So I'm I'm really glad and flattered that you think <laughs> I was cool at no, all. But that's part of like the cool appeal. Like you were dorky and weird and quirky. And that was what was like worrying about you because you were. I did not care. Didn't, you didn't care. I did You're like authentically yourself, which in canton ohio was like a hard thing to come by it definitely was and i feel like it's kind of sad to me sometimes because i feel like as i got older i kind of lost some of that and Mm -hmm. i'm really working now to bring some of that like authenticity and not giving an f or like being really quirky again because going through high school i feel like that's when i started to really care about what people thought about me Mm -hmm. i started getting into things that i shouldn't have gotten into like I just, I definitely lost myself for a while, I'd say throughout like high school and college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm I'm definitely working on bringing that like authenticity back and like being that dorky, quirky, kind of like fun girl again, because I miss her. Yeah, she is awesome. And I would say that even in college, you were like getting yourself back. I always respected the hell out of you because you didn't want to drink and I remember freshman year being like why is Aaron not wanting to go out like that's but it was like you didn't want to drink and no one could change your mind on that like if Aaron is set in her ways you're not changing it it's so so true I never want to do anything that I am told to do or like that that is forced upon me I, I want to run away and do the opposite that's for sure Exactly. And so again, that's back to that cool girl mentality. Like you really just do things that are most self-serving to you. And it's pretty baller, I must admit, especially like with social media and like all these influencing, which is funny because like that's what you do is influencing. I get in a way, is it influencing or is it just like marketing? It's it's a uh, marketing. So what we do is we manage small business. Um, their Instagram and Facebook and social media accounts for them. Mm-hmm. So in this day and age, obviously, social media is just huge. Like a business cannot be a business without having social media anymore. Mm-hmm. You get your sales, you have your networking, everything or most things are from social media. So what most big companies do is they hire someone full time to manage their social media. 
Um, but a lot of smaller businesses, they can't afford to do that. So they bring on contractors like us um, through agencies like mine to do it for a lot cheaper. Um, but we still do full management, um, just not full time. Gotcha. And so the company that you worked at right outside or right fresh out of college, how is that different? Is that the difference between an agency versus what a consultant would be? Right. So right out of college, I started working for a media agency or a media marketing agency. So they did everything. They did um, website design, logo design, branding, and then they wanted to do social media because they started getting inquiries about social media management. Mm. The problem is they had no one to fulfill it. So through like this crazy mutual connection, like seriously, I think the universe just the stars aligned for me. And I got the call from the owner of the agency. And Mm -hmm. she asked if I wanted to, um, she knew I was looking for a job. And she asked if I wanted to build that social media program. So I did. And technically, as a contractor, the business, that part of the business was all of mine. So I was running my own business, but under someone else's branding. Mm -hmm. And what the company was doing for me was they were doing all of the sales. Um, So Mm. they they were getting me all of my clients and I was doing everything under their brand. I didn't have my own platform or my own branding. So then when it came time to switch over and do everything by myself, all I had to do was switch all of the contracts into my own contract mm-hmm. uh, customer service system, um, build my own platform and build my own brand, which I had actually been putting off for so long because for whatever reason, that was the scariest part to me. Like I was fine running a business, building my team, building my clientele and building all the systems in my business under the guise of someone else's brand. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was really comfortable to me because I wasn't in the spotlight and mm-hmm. I... I, again, like I still think I'm having some like high school trauma of like being, <laughs> not wanting to be in the spotlight, like kind of hiding myself a little bit. Um, but no, I, I had to build those platforms and stuff. And honestly, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I just had to take the leap and and go with it. And it's it's worked out really well the past couple of months. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that that's like a crazy feeling to have to want to not be in the spotlight being it's your first job out of college and not wanting to take like ownership and responsibility because that's a lot like that's a lot of work and I think that you're kind of undervaluing that kind of aspect of it because to be the CEO of a company and to have that much ownership just with the title alone is a huge amount of accountability that you're now being attributed with And so with that, I think that that's completely normal to feel. And I don't think that anybody else would have felt any differently. (laughs) If anything, they probably would have shied away if someone, if an offer came in like the one you got. So it's extremely impressive that you were able to jump at the opportunity as opposed to back away and be like, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah, that's one thing I always try to work on. And I think I've been doing this for so long is I'm so afraid of change but like the call of like something scary always is so alluring to me and I end up just like really gravitating towards that and end up doing the scary thing anyways Mm -hmm. yeah I I think I'm the same way I always put myself in situations where I end up finding really unique opportunities and I think you and I actually have that in common a lot which is probably why we're such good friends but we always find ourselves in these situations where it's not like it is luck that we find ourselves in these situations, but it's also us being prepared and ready to jump at this new opportunity. It's not just, oh, I'm going to give it a a try. No, we're ready. We're fully prepared. We just happen to be in the right spot at the right time, which is a matter of like right time and luck, but also preparedness. Right. I was so I was thinking of this earlier too. I was like, what percentage of success is luck and what percentage is actual skill? But I feel like it really is a little bit of both. And if you have the skill and I guess the tenacity to put yourself in in uncomfortable situations, then you're more likely to be lucky. Yeah. And that's that old adage, uh, fortune favors the bold. It's seriously true. I think being over communicative, which both of us, I think, are very good at 
And you normally find out like a lot of things just from being over communicative. That's true. Like, Very true. A lot of the opportunities that I've gotten have resulted from me oversharing something. Absolutely. I totally agree. Like putting myself out there, um, making the phone call, doing the meeting, even though I'm like, is this meeting necessary? I'm like, take yep. the meeting, mm-hmm. always have the conversation. I, I think that it's not something that I want to do. It's not comfortable. And I don't think anyone is comfortable in those situations. But if you just make yourself do it, you'll never regret it. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And is there ever like, I know that in high school and a little bit in college, you felt like you were losing like a sense of identity during that time. Do you think that your sense of like taking these risky paths in life became sort of something that you strayed away from? And that's kind of how you lost a portion of your identity because you weren't doing things that were more serving towards you in satisfying in that capacity? I think it's more so that my goals and my aspirations were not in line with the universes or like my actual real passion, you know, like, so in high Mm -hmm. school, I think this is for everyone though. I think everyone loses themselves in high school and they have to refine themselves. But my aspirations were finding the cutest boy to date. And like, you know, they just weren't real good aspirations. They were like, be the coolest girl, hang out with the coolest people. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just bad aspirations, but I worked really hard at them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were like at that time, they were my passions. But then when you start moving on in life and, and you get into college and you're like, oh, shit, I actually have to like find other passions and other things that I want to do besides these very trivial things that I care about in high school. So, no, I don't think anything I went through is like super crazy or, or abnormal. I think I think it's something that everyone goes through. Yeah, definitely. I would say that I was along that same aspiration path in high school and even (laughs) a large portion into college in my adult life. Like, Sarah was long gone. Sarah was lost. No, college was rough. I think college was a little bit rough for for both of us at times. I mean, there's obviously highlights and some really fun things that I don't regret, but um, yeah, I mean, college was <laughs> college is like having no parents and just letting a bunch of kids run around and like drink and do drugs and and be insane. So I yeah. was not in the best position for some of college. <laughs> yeah, and I would also say then once you came to the realization that college wasn't really like what you were picturing, and then when you got back into grips of your aspirations, it was like a complete 180. Because I remember freshman year, we would mess around, be in the dorm, like just having a good time. Sophomore year, you became an RA. And then I would come over and we would chat for a bit. And you're like, yeah, I just like, this isn't for me anymore. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I'm still on the same aspirations I was in in high school. And you were already light years ahead of me. You're like, I'm kind of done with this. Like, I'm just career oriented at this point, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, which is like crazy because I, so that was me for a portion of of college. So that was probably sophomore year. And -hmm. then I went through that breakup and I was like, oh shit, like I need to grab on to like people and like a support system, grabbed on to the wrong support system and the wrong people and the wrong things. So mm-hmm. I completely fell off, you know, my my junior year. And mm-hmm. then I came back to my senior year, kind of thank, thank God to COVID because I got sent back home. And I couldn't be around the craziness and, and all of the drinking and the partying and, and all of the distractions. So that's when during COVID time, when I was back home, I was like, okay, I need to get my shit together. All these other people in my grade have jobs lined up and I haven't even had a thought about a job, you know, and yeah. I'm on my senior year. Like I have not even thought about my aspirations. So I should probably get myself together because I'm an embarrassment right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I completely agree. I loved not I'm not gonna say that I loved COVID but being home during quarantine really allowed for you to dissociate with the norms of whatever environment that you were in us was college and so leaving college and leaving that drinking culture that's when I decided that I didn't really want to drink anymore although I kept drinking for another two years after that but Mm -hmm. in addition to that like figured out that I really enjoy learning and that I really enjoy running and that VC and startups are where I want to spend a good portion of my time and making those kind of aspirations come to fruition during that COVID period because 
we had nothing better to do. So it was a really good time to focus on yourself. To reflect for sure. Being a CEO and founder, what does that entail for you? Like what does a day to day or what does day to day look like? Right. So I think the whole the whole reason I wanted to start a business and, and be a founder CEO of a business in the first place is because I like my day to day to be different every day. I don't want to do the same things. I get bored so, so easily. Like I want to be learning something new, get bored of that, delegate that to someone else, build a system around that and then move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So my girls um, that work for me, I have a team of, I have three social media managers and one head of social media. So wow. the social media managers, they all work with the clients one-on-one. Um, and then the head of social media, she does all the quality control, manages the girl, make sure girls make sure that the day-to-day um, everything is all working, clients are all happy and stuff. And then I'm kind of working on like, what are next steps for us? What are the systems we need? Where are the roadblocks? Yeah, just kind of like envisioning what what the next steps are and and what we need to do, as well as like sales and finance and just all the other like kind of day-to-day hats that I have to wear um, Mm -hmm. and things that that I have to um, keep under control, like payroll and and things like that. With social media, there's not much tangible assets that you have aside for potentially subscriptions to services like canva or i don't that's that's the only marketing tool i know of um (laughs) (laughs) like subscriptions like that there's not too many expenses with social media am i wrong yeah not not a ton so yeah just the things that we use day to day so like Mm -hmm. hub staff i track one of my girls hours on Mm -hmm. hub staff um i actually have a list i could probably pull up but i won't do that asana (laughs) um canva uh, mailchimp just like kind of the basic like resources and and things that my girls need to operate day to day but other Mm -hmm. than that not really a ton of expenses all my girls work remotely I don't have a ton of office expenses I get to write off anything that I buy for the office which is awesome I love that perk but yeah it's it's a really good gig like being in in the service industry is a really good gig because Mm -hmm. you're not having to buy a bunch of product and then sell it and have that sitting in your warehouse like I don't have the anxiety of that yeah fulfilling our our clients every month and it is on a subscription basis so our clients are just working with us every single month until they decide to stop that's honestly awesome and a really also easy way to self-promote because with social media marketing you're also marketing your own content just by doing other people's work so it's kind of a win-win if you think about it the more customer work you do, the more like customer testimonies you have, basically. Absolutely. And and a lot of our clients that new clients that we get are from word of mouth. You know, it's from other people talking about our business and saying, oh, we well, we work with this company. Um, and a lot of business owners have other business owner friends. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really how we've been able to grow our business and our clientele. And I imagine that a majority of the people are coming in through referrals, coming in through DMs. How do you really filter those down between like bots and actual people? Um, I don't really, I mean, we haven't had a prop like problem of bots. I can tell a bot, you know, from a <laughs> person. It's just, I mean, as of right now, it's pretty easy. AI mm-hmm. is getting insane. Yeah. So like, the day that I get tr- tricked, I'll text you and I'll let you know. I've <laughs> not gotten tricked yet. But it will happen. I'm sure it will. It is weird, but it's also been kind of amazing, like as a tool for us. Mm-hmm. Since we started this business, so this was about two years ago. I so that's one of the subscriptions we can add to the list is Jarvis AI. Um, I've been using that for a while. That's how we come up with a lot of our captions and a lot of our um like LinkedIn posts and stuff like that. And we've been using that for a long time. So we have quite a bit of experience using AI stuff be even before chat G- GTP has come out. Wait, that's so cool. So instead of a technical writer, you have, what is it called? Jarvis AI? Jarvis AI, yeah. Wow. That's actually yeah. really cool. It is. It is really awesome. I freaking love it. I wish that we could go back in, to high school days and like just write our six page papers with AI. Oh, it is yeah. It's so easy now. It yeah. works. It's so efficient. It is. 
I'm wondering like, what are the next steps for AI? Because with, so with AI and all these like different things being able to be written so quickly, it's like, like you said, there's going to be so much fluff just out in the world. Are people Mm going to read things anymore? Are they entertaining enough? Like, are there going to be way too many options with like articles and and different things to read? Is this AI going to learn our brains and like see exactly what we want to click on and exactly what we want to read and just take up all of our attention, um, make us make sales and purchases that we don't want to make. So it's like the marketer's brain has been very valuable up until this point where Mm -hmm. we might get replaced by AI because the AI brain is way more valuable and it can learn way faster and way more. Right. But I think that there's also that human element that can never really be replaced. Like soft skills will never be replaced. And this is something that I've been like trying to convince myself of ever since I decided to become an engineer was engineers jobs are basically to engineer themselves out of jobs. Like we're trying to make products that are so useful and so efficient. And then should we actually use those efficient tools that we make? We're no longer doing the things that we were initially doing. So in my eyes, it ends up just being that although a certain aspect of the job is being taken away, there's a new aspect that we're looking to get into. And I think you have the right mindset of being like, okay, this is what marketing is currently like. If we use AI with that, what are the impacts of it? What are the unintended consequences? And additionally, not trying to run from it, but how do we utilize it as a tool? Because I think that's what a lot of people are trying to do is pretend it doesn't exist. If This is disruptive technology. You can't pretend it doesn't exist. It exists. It's so so disruptive. And I can't even imagine what like marketing and and kind of just the world is going to be like in the next 10 years. You know, like 10 years ago, like if you think about what the technology was like 10 years ago, how far we've advanced, like I can't even imagine what it's going to be like now that it's advancing faster than ever because of AI. Exactly. And I mean, there's a lot of shifts with technology booms, like the www.com boom or the dot-com era, whatever. And There's been other instances of these technological booms where people are so appalled by it and they refuse to get on board with it. And then all Mm -hmm. those people get left behind. Mm -hmm. And so what what are you to do? And so I think really, again, you're on the right page of trying to figure out how do we integrate this? How is this a reliable solution? Once you move to those new technological items, figuring out, okay, we're going to make sure that this is an integral part of our system so that way we're not among the group that's left behind and we are the people that are advancing with technology because the people that are wanting social media marketing i'm imagining are a pretty young group of people like mm-hmm. they have new businesses that are promote that they want to promote on social media as opposed to trying to do either newspaper ads or other ads that I don't even I don't even know where people do ads anymore besides for social media to be completely honest like the last time I saw a tv ad and was like oh I'm gonna buy that never I can't tell you the last time because I don't think it's ever happened Netflix now and you know all the streaming services I mean there's not as many ads and if you do get an ad it's always the medical field (laughs) so annoying it's that or subway to be honest, or like, <laughs> Verizon or, you know, just the big top companies. I mean, you're not getting like your local news station anymore, or your local businesses. It's just not happening. Like AI and kind of figuring out the future of your company, obviously being the CEO and founder, like constant goal setting, I would imagine. So mm-hmm. what are things that you have to consider that you didn't really have to consider while you were an employee under somebody else's umbrella? I feel like I've always been pretty like independent since the agency I was working for. I was still running my own business technically, but I definitely have to think more about the future and keeping up with all of these new technologies. Like if there's a new trend, I have to jump on it or Mm -hmm. I have to have my team jump on it in 0.2 seconds because things are changing so quickly and so constantly. I mean, when we first started posting for Instagram, there were no reels. And now that's like all we do, you know, it's insane. I mean, that's only the past two years. So Mm -hmm. we started when we started this, we were doing square Instagram posts. 
Now we're doing portrait size. So they're a little bit taller because that's what people look at longer. It's mm -hmm. so funny how a marketing brain works. It's literally trying to grab your attention for the longest amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, now we're doing videos for the same reason. Mm -hmm. So how, how often are you looking at that data? Like, is that something that is put in a metric on Instagram that you can see how long someone's been engaged with one of your posts or is that a separate data that you have fielded elsewhere? So it's more so like I read a lot of newsletters, listen to a lot of podcasts. So I try to learn from the experts. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as analytics go and, and what works and what doesn't, yeah, we, we have all of those analytics through Instagram and Meta and Facebook um, shown to us, but it's not like, how long are people on our post? It's, oh, our post didn't get shown to people or it didn't get enough reach, which is your post showing up on people's uh, pages or their feed. Mm -hmm. So that means that something was wrong with this post. And then it's more of like, okay, well, this posted really well. So let's do more like that. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how, that's kind of how like influencers are, are getting so big now. It's like an influencer on TikTok will post one thing that blows up and they keep doing that same exact thing until it's exhausted because none of their other stuff works. It's kind yeah. of the same thing for us. And with marketing and trends that happen on TikTok and trends that happen on Instagram, obviously there's a running joke that Instagram is like two, Instagram reels is like two weeks behind TikTok. Yeah. And so are you like constantly scrolling through TikTok? How are you keeping up with trends? How is that manageable? If I'm being honest, I have a team that is way more Gen Z and way more TikTok loving than I am. Mm -hmm. I I have not had TikTok for a long time on my phone. Yeah. Uh, I think personally to my personal health and my addictive personality, it is not healthy for me to have. <laughs> um, <laughs> like truthfully I don't think it's good for me to have so mm -hmm. I try to stick to Instagram um one of the other platforms that I really like that has good short uh form video is YouTube shorts because you can thumbs up or thumbs down things and that affects your algorithm I think things like that where you can have full control over what what's mm -hmm. shown to you from your algorithm I think those are the platforms that people should be on I mean, if they're trying to change their, you know, mental health or, or change what they're viewing, because a lot of what you're looking at is just pure garbage and it's not good for you. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's funny. My dad is a huge proponent of YouTube shorts. This man does not have social media, really? but is a huge fan of YouTube shorts. He loves YouTube in general. Yeah. And he recently stumbled onto YouTube shorts because YouTube's one of the few apps that he has on his phone. And I remember I was laying on the couch one day and he comes into my room and I'm listening to this one girl's TikTok or Instagram reel or whatever. And he's like, oh, I think I follow her. And I was like, you, you follow her where? And he's like, she makes YouTube videos. I was like, no, oh, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. No. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've seen her on YouTube. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, that's dangerous stuff. You can just spend so much time scrolling through those. Yeah, that's and you can TikTok. I feel like though, like it's kind of funny seeing our parents get on these social media platforms, whereas before they're like, oh, that TikTok's stupid. Now they're on it and they are more susceptible than us to these like marketing schemes and staying on TikTok and scrolling longer. I think us like Gen Zers or, or younger millennials who've grown up with this sort of technology, I think we're a lot better at controlling ourselves than some of these older people like our parents who are you know they're just way more susceptible and it's kind of like um you said you were learning about like scammers and stuff like older people are more susceptible to scamming because they didn't grow up with it exactly like I remember when I was in high school and I wanted a pair of Ray-Bans so bad and my Instagram algorithm put this fake pair of Ray-Bans on my Instagram to buy and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get these. And they were like, Ray-Bans are normally like $200, okay, first of all. Yeah. And the ad on my phone was like, they're $30. And that should have been a red flag to me. And I yeah. clicked on the link, like followed the link, <clears throat> got these sunglasses. I ended up wearing them a lot still. But they were <laughs> Roy Bonds, not oh, Ray-Bans, no. R-O-Y-B-O-N. 
That's kind of like how my mom for Christmas, I really wanted Uggs one year and, and she got me the fake Uggs. And I, I mean, I feel bad. I was like, oh, I love them, mommy. Like I'll still wear them. And I did. I did. But I was kind of like, mm, mom, these are not Uggs. <laughs> the thing is like, she probably embarrassingly didn't get scammed like I did. Like that, no, that no, like no, after no. that experience happened, I was like, I'm never buying anything that doesn't have reviews ever again, which I think is also like a huge marketing thing to like mm-hmm. have that leverage and pull of being like, hey, we have reviews. Like I never rent from Rent the Runway without a review. Yeah. That was my learning experience. And I don't think to your point, adults have that. They're like, oh, I have that and I have the money. I'm just going to buy that. Yeah. I mean, my mom, even like last year, I think she bought some like, um, maybe it wasn't last year, maybe it was a couple years ago, like Kylie Jenner, you know, the fake palettes were huge. She wanted those websites that scam you. And she was like, oh shit, I put my credit card in that. Oh my God. I know. It's got to (laughs) stop. Yeah. You would think that they would just. I know. know. I know, but it's just such a, yeah, they just didn't grow up with that. I mean, my mom had to type on a typewriter. Yeah, they didn't even have computers. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And with that kind of disparity between our generation and like older generations, are you seeing a lot of your client base being more younger people or older people that don't really know how to use social media, but know social media is impactful in order to get work done? Yeah, you just described my clientele perfectly. Like (laughs) these like business owners like they they're super good at what they do they're super good at sales and they're like oh shit I need to learn how to do this I know it's important let Mm -hmm. me hire a Gen Zer to do it for me honestly that's a genius business plan because there's a huge market for that yeah and there's I mean like social media is just one of them I mean there's so many other things that people our age can do in order to start a business um, that these people with money have like need, you know? Yeah. And exactly. Like I remember there was a TikTok or maybe it was like a LinkedIn post. I don't know something that you made. Uh, maybe it was Jarvis AI, but <laughs> it was basically a post, maybe something you even reposted that you can start up a business for virtually $0. Like Canva, you don't need to pay for a membership. Again, that's the only fucking marketing subscription that I know of. (laughs) Um, And like, you can create all of these different things like TikToks free. You can make Insta or you can make TikTok videos for free. And there's so many platforms that are for free now that allow you to start these businesses. You just need to have the guts to do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just... If you, so all that you need to do to start a business is build a skill that people who have money need, find Mm -hmm. those people who have money and exchange that service for them. It can be one time, it can be a subscription and that's that you have a business, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, it's even easier nowadays. Like we said, like we as Gen Zers just, we automatically have a skill set and that skill set is internet skills. Yep. And we can provide that without even building that. We already we already have that. So um you can go on Upwork or Fiverr and, and find someone who needs you to set up their their Facebook profile. There's people who need like help with just basic things that to you seem really easy, but to other people it's they have no idea how to do it. And you can make great money doing things like that. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And kind of like to go back on what you were saying, being resourceful and trying to utilize your own knowledge that you've learned, not necessarily any sort of steadfast education, like how much of your actual education from your collegiate experience, your high school experience, do you use in your business? And how much do you think that it's just learned from being a social media user? Right. So I graduated from farmer school business at Miami University. So it's a very competitive business school. And I'm going to say that I learned very basic skills and that's pretty much it. And that's pretty much all I carry with me as far as my business education. I don't think that with the way that things are moving so quickly, like schools and colleges just can't keep up with their education. Like I know the very basic things of like 
Um, and, and I'm very thankful to the university for teaching me things like analytics and, and things that like ma- basic math skills and basic finance skills. But mm-hmm. you can also learn those things from any other college or any other course or YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that you have to write down and in, in, in a list and be like, OK, I don't know these basic skills you can find a YouTube video and, and basically sum up my entire college experience in the whatever 20 something thousand dollars a semester that I paid. Um, yeah. You, you, these days you do not have to go to college and you especially don't have to go to a fancy business school in, in order to start a business. One of the things that I did in college that really helped me was I minored in um, interactive media studies And I'd say that was the most impactful. Those classes were the most impactful classes that I took at Miami because Mm -hmm. they taught me Adobe skills, Adobe languages, coding, things that I would then use to build my business um, using Canva, basic design formatting. Those were all like super important when I was starting out, Um, how to build an Instagram post like you have to know some basic design skills and you have to have a basic eye for design. And I think that really helped me with like kickstart my career that way. Yeah, definitely. And when you were getting your degrees and declaring your majors and minors, did you kind of come to that realization that you were probably going to do more with your minor than with your major when you were graduating or even going through any of your coursework? Or did you kind of think, because what remind me again what your major was was it marketing as a whole or was it more niche than that yeah so you're asking me if i that i would use my business skills and and my business education there was nothing going on up there in that brain of mine (laughs) i was an idiot i was not thinking about anything i wasn't thinking about my future i walked into the farmer school business and i was like that's a pretty school (laughs) let me go there i had (laughs) nothing going on my brain and i actually i think you might remember this but I wasn't so I was a nutrition major at first, just because I had a general interest in like in nutrition and cooking and stuff from from high school. Um, But we were walking with my family, we were touring the school or or they were visiting or something. And my dad said something, he said, you should do marketing. And I said, what's marketing? And you were like, Aaron, what the hell? You're an idiot. (laughs) I do remember that. I was like, what's marketing? Um, Crazy. Fast forward to now, like how ironic. (laughs) now running a marketing agency yeah literally (laughs) that's full circle for you that's manifestation bill manifested that for you I think he did I think he um he takes pride in in manifesting for me that's for sure he was like he definitely was super proud that I took his advice and and went into marketing just because he said so (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's all just about us pleasing our dads my dad asked me to major in engineering and I did it am I an engineer any longer absolutely not no no I did it. I did the four years and then I did it one year after and I was like, no, thank you. I'm done with that. It's the daddy issues. <laughs> well, I think it's the daddy pleasing issues. Daddy pleasing issues. I think that's a thing with all girls. I don't know. It might just be me, but even my boyfriend, Nick, he'll he'll realize, he'll be like, you really do live to please your dad. It's so ridiculous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. I like baby him. Like I just adore him for whatever reason. And like, it's just really funny how us girls we really do we're just like daddy pleasing yeah and I don't know if that's an issue or not but maybe it's just how we're wired I think yeah I think so too because they just have our best interests at heart you know daddy's girls through and through but with having a business and managing other people obviously us being young individuals we've never managed people before You were Mm -hmm. on the cheer team the majority of our school experience, and I know you were a captain at one point, but how did that kind of leadership, has that translated into any like leadership with your CEO position and how you manage people today? Yeah, I think it was pretty natural for me. I mean, it was a natural progression from being the oldest sister Mm-hmm. being captain most of, I mean most of the time I was a cheerleader I I tried to be captain I mean I wasn't the best cheerleader but like I wanted to become captain and I usually made that happen for myself mm-hmm. I wanted to be a leader for whatever reason um and then I became an RA and I was uh, in charge of you know 30 something girls at a time for for years mm-hmm. so 
there was just something alluring to me about being a leader. And I think that kind of drove me to want to start my own business in the first place. I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a boss. I think it comes naturally to me, but there's still things that I've learned and there's things that I need to improve on. And it is, it's always a work in progress, you know, leading people because people are fragile, people are complex, and you're not going to lead people perfectly the first time. Right. Exactly. And with a lot of that leadership, because I know for me, like, I also am very drawn to being a leader. I like organizing, being a communicator, being a leader, as well as a follower. And I was recently asked to speak on a panel about leadership and I was like, I, me, leadership, like I am like bottom of the totem pole here, people like we're we're asking me. Um, And so just trying to like think about that experience and like why we're asked to lead, because I think kind of to your point, you kind of just are a natural born leader. And that's something that isn't really like a learned thing. It can be learned, but I think for you and for me, it's very instinctive and just trying to accommodate towards people while also moving towards a goal. I think that that's something you've always been really good at and managing that, but also managing people is a really difficult dichotomy of trying to do what's best for the business while also simultaneously doing what's best for your people And have you found any difficulties in like decisions that you've had to make um, anything along those lines and trying to advance the business while making difficult decisions within your team or even just individually? Yeah, it, it is such a hard balance to have as a CEO and as a leader. Like I always have to keep in mind the business's goals. Um, and sometimes that means that not everyone's happy in, in certain decisions or like, I just need to keep my North star in check at all times because I do tend to want to people, please. I want, I want everyone on my team to be happy. Like I will, no matter what, always pay my girls first. I'll always keep their best interests first. And I mean, that's natural for me, but there is you know, a a natural um, inclination to want to give even more and and want to please them even more. But I have to be that stern figure as well that has a goal in mind. And at the end of the day, it's it's to keep the business afloat and to keep everyone's jobs. And to I mean, like, it's a big responsibility to have. Is there a certain mentor that you look to in your personal life? I know you said you listen to podcasts and read a lot on articles and LinkedIn and things like that. But is there a specific individual that you kind of go to for any professional advice? So absolutely. My mentor is the girl who ran the first agency that I worked for. I mean, now, so at first she was my mentor for like a year and I really, really looked up to her and I learned so, so much from her. Mm -hmm. And then I think we got to the point where we, we were more equals Um, And now I'm kind of on the search for like another mentor, but really it is just, I listen to podcasts all the time, like Diary of the CEO um, with Stephen Bartlett. He's really great to listen to. Um, It's kind of goofy. I feel like really bro-y to say this, but I like listening to Joe Rogan, even though he can be a douchebag sometimes. (laughs) I like listening to his podcast because he has a lot of great guests on who are very successful. Um, And he is very like uh, even keeled and, and logical, so... I like listening to his stuff more on like kind of the right wing and I'm I'm not like political at all and I don't lean one way more really but Jordan Peterson is really great to listen to he is more far right so some of his stuff can be a little bit um too much but he's he has some great books that I've read but yeah like just peep I mean there's so many places you can find mentors nowadays because they're broadcasted everywhere all over YouTube all over podcasts so and books as well I mean <laughs> Do people read anymore? (laughs) My goal for this month was to read four books. I'm two and a half books in. So I want to say yes, but I will admit that two of those books were audiobooks. But I Googled it and audiobooks are retained in a different portion of the brain, but activates just as much of the brain as you do when you're visually reading. So to me, I'm like, all right, it's not a, it's not technically a podcast. Like it is still a book and oh, yeah. I myself that, but no, I completely agree. I wouldn't attribute myself as being a right wing Republican or a left leaning liberal, but 
someone that kind of falls in the middle, but I find myself listening to like a lot of right-wing podcasts too. Um, And then additionally some left-leaning, but I think it's also really good to center yourself when you can acknowledge that someone's opinion is different than yours and Mm -hmm. use that to kind of either counter what your initial thoughts were about something or reinstill and kind of create a deeper argument for something and having someone that's so like you know exactly where they stand allows you to kind of figure out exactly where you stand because you're like okay I'm not exactly that but also at the same time I'm not exactly that so finding the balance in each of those items and each of those feelings and sentiments creates a lot of thinking internally which I don't think a lot of people do Honestly. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. And and I've thought about this a lot. Like I listen listen to people on both sides of the political spectrum. Um, and like you just have to kind of know yourself and figure out what, what are your own views? What do you think about this? I think it's good to have conversations and it's good to listen to people who you don't necessarily agree with. And there are some takeaways that I get, and there's a lot of things I learn from people I don't entirely agree with. You don't mm-hmm. have to only listen to people you entirely agree with. Um, there's there's some learning to be had from listening to people of all views uh, in all backgrounds. Yeah, I completely agree. Because again, that it's just if you learn something about the other side, it's either going to firm up your argument for why you think something or cause you to look at it in a different light and maybe accept a different idea. But again, I really just don't think people like thinking anymore. And so <laughs> if they, if you tell them like, oh, I listened to like the Ben Shapiro podcast, they're like, oh my God, you're a right Republican. Ah, like, no, yeah. that's which, not necessarily <laughs> the case. Ben Shapiro cracks me up. He, he's so, he's so nerdy. It's so funny to listen to him sometimes, but no, I don't agree with everything Ben Shapiro says, but his YouTube shorts are effing hilarious sometimes, and, and I do enjoy them. I know. It makes news interesting, to be honest. It does. Because it's so like, funny. you know, again, you know exactly where he stands, and oh, yeah. you know that that's not, like, what he's saying, although it sounds like fact a lot of the time, is a lot of just his own opinion. And you're getting a lot of the story, but with some sort of bias that's coming with that and if you're able to understand that then it's great but if you're not recognizing that there's bias in that then that's probably where there's a problem i think everyone is biased and let's cancel cancel culture for sure agreed i actually heard this really great mentality about cancel culture and it was i think this might be fake news and false information but the pope actually spoke on fake news and this again could be wrong by source of information but he said that people should only be judged on things for which for in which the time frame that they happened so if someone did something in the 70s like smoked weed or tripped acid that was normal then like that's what people did then you can't really judge them for that now because that's times are way different like times change and it's unfair yeah I hope no one judges me for anything they saw me do in high school or college I was an idiot I was an absolute idiot my frontal lobe was not fully developed yet (laughs) I was (laughs) I was a different person then I mean like yeah I totally agree with that I think yeah we should totally cancel cancel culture and, and judge people on who they are now and and don't you don't have to scroll through someone's Twitter to find what they said five years ago to prove oh. it. I think it's ridiculous. Agreed. And with marketing, is there any sort of like hinge of cancel culture that's like intimidating, like an, a campaign that might end up being like controversial or anything along those lines that you kind of see and you're like, I'm not interested in participating in that either trend or like campaign just because it doesn't align with what I think yeah there I mean like I haven't had anything like that yet I know it's going to come in the future I mean gosh think of some of those huge campaigns that went through marketing teams and ended up getting canceled on a huge scale and ruining businesses I mean what was the one was it Bull Maine that had like the they they thought the bear with the changed bag was like sexual predator or whatever that went through a whole marketing team you know that's mm-hmm. terrifying. If I'm that marketing person and I let that go through, I mean, that's that's a huge weight to have. 
But yeah, I mean, I haven't had to deal with anything at that scale, obviously, yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it's going to happen. And it's something that I have to think about. And I have to be prepared for things like that. Yep. Adding risk management to the hats worn category. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's honestly, yeah, being a CEO must be so scary in the sense that there are so many different items that you're taking care of. And there's so many different aspects of your role that you want to make sure that are covered. And other people are included under that umbrella. And other people being your clients, not necessarily even the people you're working with. So creating yeah. an image for somebody else, what is kind of the hardest part about being a people pleaser while also working for clients while also trying to maintain a brand identity? Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, with it's just a lot of responsibility and it is really scary. It is. I mean, I've had sleepless nights. I have like felt nauseous for days about something that's happened in the business. I have a lot of people that rely on this business um, for, I mean, for financial support and they rely on it for their businesses. I mean, it is a, such a huge responsibility um, and it can be really daunting at times. I think you know, I mean, I've only been doing this for two years. You get used to some things. I mean, you get used to, you get used to the pressure and, and things you have good days and you have bad days, but yeah, it's just all part of the journey really. Love it. And then I know I said that that was going to be my last question, but this is actually going to be my last question. <laughs> Maybe it's a statement. No, it's a question. Um, what advice do you have for people that are our age that want to either start a business or aren't sure whether or not they want to start a business, but have that entre entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah, I think just, just start doing things. I mean, things, like we said, things lead to more things. If you start doing something, it may not be what you're going to do forever. You more than likely, based off the stats, are going to fail at it. But you're going to learn so much and you're, you're going to be able to carry that on to the next thing. I have never started, I mean, I've started so many businesses. I've never started a business and not learned something super valuable and taking it to the next thing you know like mm -hmm. that's how you build your skill set that's how you build your career and that's how you differentiate yourself even if you don't want to start your own business that's how you differentiate yourself in the market if you want a career I mean I see people our age who graduated with their marketing degrees have dreams of being marketers and are and I'm not bashing this job but they're recruiters to me, that that's, sounds like a waste of time. Why are you doing recruiting when you should be marketing? The reason being is that you're not building skills or you should be building skills that, that are valuable to um, these companies that want to hire marketers. You know, like so many people have their marketing degree, but what are you doing to be different and stand out um, amongst the masses? It it needs to be hard skills. It's not, it's not going to be where you went to school, it's, it's going to be the hard skills that that you built, even just as hobbies, as for, I mean, for fun. The reason I got the job at the agency was because I marketed myself in my internship as a graphic designer because I learned Adobe in my free time because it was just fun. I just mm -hmm. made cool collages and weird art. Like, it was just fun and goofy. And, and I mean, like, yeah, hard skills. Just start doing stuff, even if it's just for fun, even if you're not putting it out there, start learning stuff. I love that. And I think that that is a really good note to end on is just do more. That's, I say that do all the more. time. No, it's so <laughs> true. Like my favorite video of all time is the do more video by Casey Neistat. There's also another video called make it count. Both are really good. Highly recommend them, but they talk about like doing things that are fulfilling and satisfying to you and working towards goals and getting things done. Not just because totally. you want a paycheck, but because you want to do them and you want to learn. And life is more than just scrolling through Instagram or watching Netflix. Watching Netflix. It's about doing things that you have a passion for. And I agree. If you want to, if you majored in marketing and decide your passion is in recruiting, have at it, go for it. Or if you just joined a job because you want to get your foot in the door at a company that you end up wanting to do marketing at, work towards that. Do that. Like, do what you just but said on the side yeah. yeah on the side like do a little something I completely agree I'm all about a side hustle you know me have the podcast work at a bar have a full-time job that's how she goes Hell yeah girl and that's I love it that's how you do more people just do more and that's 
Just remember that. If you take one thing away from this, do more. Do more. Let's put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. I'm done. I'm <laughs> mic drop. Mic drop. Put it on a t-shirt. Let's go. Aaron, I will let you know when I'm in Ohio next. Maybe June. Please. So mark your calendar for just the entire month. Write it off. Um, and I'm so glad you were able to come on. I really miss talking to you. You're one of those people that I just haven't seen in a long time. And it feels like we can just pick up wherever we left off. And it's really hard to find that with people nowadays. But thanks so much for coming on. Miss you bunches. And I'll see you soon, I guess. Yeah, miss you. I I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye.